The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You're listening to Talk with Renee Dallow, episode number 110. Talk about the power of digital products with Christina Scalera. Christina Scalera is the attorney and founder behind The Contract Shop, a contract template store for creative entrepreneurs, wedding pros, and coaches. In 2014, Christina found herself dreaming of pursuing a more creative path, and she started to look for alternatives to her in-house legal job. She explored everything from teaching yoga to becoming a freelance graphic designer to opening an Etsy shop. In the process, she ended up coming full circle by creating a business that brought the benefit of her legal training to help her fellow creatives. She's now teaching others how they too can create an online shop phenomenon, create daily income, and get out of the client-getting hustle with her course, Products on Tap. Today, Christina is here to talk to us about all of this, plus how she got through the pandemic and how she continues to get through the pandemic. And I thought this was a great topic for all my fellow wedding pros right now, when we are definitely feeling the beginning, if not the middle, of burnout on our client-facing work. So go grab your coffee, grab your tea, grab a pencil or pen and paper, y'all. Christina is dropping her knowledge with us. Let's talk it out. Welcome to Talk with Renee Dallow, biz chat for wedding pros and creatives. Tune in every week for no BS real talk from industry experts that want to help you thrive in your business and your life. Here's your host, event planner, educator, and sushi addict, Renee Dallow. Grab a glass and get ready to talk it out. Friends, 2022 is going to be here before you know it. And with it, a brand new booking season and a brand new chance for you to show yourself your true, authentic self and work with only the best clients for you. So how do we do that? We show up. We get visible. We are running a very, very free 30-day plan to get you and your biz back onto center stage. The challenge runs from October 24th through November 24th and ends just in time for American Thanksgiving which is a perfect time to end with gratitude. I know that this year or the last two years has kicked all of our asses. And so I know you've had your head down working for the last six months, at least you're not alone. Me too. But once you pick your head back up, it's going to be booking season. And I want you to be able to show up in your business. This is not just a challenge about Instagram. This is about showing up and being visible in many, many areas. And so I really, really, really hope you will join me in this challenge. Listen, this challenge is for everyone and also for me, because guess what? Your girl needs the accountability too. So go to reneedallow.com forward slash get visible. That's G-E-T-V-I-S-I-B-L-E. reneedallow.com forward slash get visible. We're doing an accountability and strategy workbook. We are doing 30 days of prompts. We are doing Sunday work sessions for four weeks. Ready to get started? Yes, I know you are. It's a win-win. Get involved. 
get visible and we will get it done together. ReneeDallow.com forward slash get visible. Free challenge, y'all. Get into it. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Talk with Renee Dallow. It's me, your girl, Renee Dallow. This week, I am here with Christina Scalera. Christina, how are you? So good. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy that you're here. Um, and I'm also so psyched for this topic because we have spent the last couple of weeks talking about online courses, which is something everyone knows I'm super into. But you're here to talk about the power of digital products which is not online courses. And so I think there's like a whole other world world here that we haven't really talked about so much on the show. And you're such an expert at it. So thank you again for being with us. Yeah, thank you for having me. So how did you get into digital products? Like what was your journey in? Yeah, so a lot of you guys might know me from the contract shop because that started primarily in the wedding industry and it's expanded mm -hmm. from there. And it's awesome to have a business that runs without me. Literally the only thing I do for my store anymore is just kind of answer. Uh, we have a Slack channel for customer support that like the other layers of our customer support can't answer. And so sometimes something floats up to the top and I answer that. And I record uh, four YouTube videos a month for the shop. And that that's all I'm doing right now. Um, just kind of monitoring metrics and things like that. So it's really running on autopilot without me. And it has been for almost two years now. And I started to get a lot of questions like, how are you doing this? Like you're actually living this passive income lifestyle that people promise, but don't always deliver on like, but you're, you're just doing it. You're like out doing whatever you want every day. What's happening. And so I started talking to some people and I was like, okay, like this is something I probably don't want to just give away for free. Not because I don't want to, but just because I'm, I, it gets exhausting right, and <laughs> answering the same making, thing and making money is good. We, yeah, we exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I started my um, second business, which is a, a coaching consulting business for people that want to have an online shop like I do. Um, so very specifically, like you introduced, I don't teach people how to create courses and sell that. In my mind, a digital product is something distinct. And I think courses get uh, lumped in there with digital products just generally. Yeah, but as I'm talking about them, especially today, they're they're very different to me. So a digital product would be something like a guide or a template, a workbook, some sort of script, captions, like Instagram captions, stock photography. So these are all things that are digital files that you sell and they're downloadable. And in my opinion, the best way to sell these is through an online store. Yes. Well, and I think it's so important what you said, Christina, about how online courses aren't really passive, right? And we talk about it. I talk about it all the time in that my my education brand grew and there are four people that help me run it now <laughs> because it requires a lot it requires you know hustle and maintenance and you know we're always looking at things and redoing them and tweaking things and things change right and we have to go in and, and move them around but more than that like launching an online course um is its own little beast and so i feel like with your shop do you have that same sort of ebb and flow of like launching something and then launching it again and then like being quiet and then launching it again or is it pretty steady it's incredibly steady at this point because we have eight different ways that we're driving traffic consistently to our shop um, we do have uh, twice a year we do a launch and honestly that's more for the audience than it is for us like it's a nice boost of cash injection it's great for our affiliates they get a bunch of extra cash too um, that kind of thing but really we do it because we are a premium priced legal template shop and we want 
our templates to be accessible to everyone. But obviously we can't just, you know, be like the old Navy or the Macy's that is constantly running a million percent off sale. Right. That would devalue our brand and our products and it wouldn't give us what we need in order to create all the content and the YouTube channel and that kind of thing. So we do these twice annual big events where it's our biggest discount of the year, really puts things at an affordable price point for anybody who's starting their business. And then throughout the year, we've been experimenting with different kinds of events, not not so much launches. They're a lot less work than launches because the cool thing about having a shop is that people are following along. They want to see what new products you're coming out with. They want to see how you're putting those products out there, who's using your products, uh, what results people are getting from your products. And they're just there for the ride. So all of a sudden, when you're putting a discount coupon in front of them for, you know, buy one, get one off of a certain category or 40% off mid-year sale, they're buying like crazy because it's just like you would follow any of your favorite retail stores. It's the same concept just with digital products instead, which are even better because they don't have any, you know, inventory or overhead in that way. Right, right. So someone told me, and did you tell me if this is true, did you take most of 2020 off? Yeah. Uh, okay. So <laughs> I mean, but we all took 2020 off, but you really <laughs> took it like you were off like hiking. Yeah. I was logged off like offline, like not even talking to my team, not, you know, the whole eight months, but I got out of a relationship and, um, towards the end of 2019 and it was a seven year relationship, right? Like I'm in my my mid thirties, like I'm still not married, just kind of like that whole, like, what was me? I'm a victim kind of thing. And I, just really wanted to take some personal time for myself. So I started or I ended 2019 like that and started 2020. And I just decided like, <laughs> like a lot of other people, like this is my year. And, um, <laughs> yes, we you know, were also I, so foolish back then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I took it as a personal year and it, it started great. You know, like I, I was having a lot of momentum with this new uh, coaching brand of of the e-commerce product. So I labeled them e-commerce products, but I was having a lot of momentum there. And I was like, okay, like I'm going to focus my energy there. Like my shop's running without me. We're all good. And then, you know, I just started to, um, it was, it was actually kind of a, a weird moment. Like, so we were at a retreat. I was hosting a retreat for these, these girls in Orlando where there were 12 of us there and we went to go take the picture. And literally as we're walking outside to take the picture, one of the girls starts crying and telling us that Kobe Bryant has died. And I was like, Oh my gosh, what wow. am I going to do? Like, <laughs> we're about to like smile, take a picture, please. Like, I just want this one little picture anyway. So I think that was just kind of like a preview of what was to come Yeah. for, for you know, that year. And then like me personally, I, it just kind of like was a symbol of the breaking point where I was just, it, I was exhausted from everything that had happened in 2019, um, not work-wise, but just personally. And I just could not get my mojo. Like I had no mojo to work and I, that really didn't come back until August so it was an it was a solid eight months off where my team ran my shop, and I just kind of was scared every day that it was going to like break down. But we just kept making more money, which is great. But yeah, so that that was the eight month break that I took even before coronavirus hit. Which is amazing that you were able to do that. And although you had like you know we all have that scary feeling of like what's going to happen, you actually increased your sales, correct? Yeah, without Instagram. So we hadn't posted to Instagram in 16 months um, wow. by the time all this was over. Yeah, we, we'd stopped doing Pinterest because the data from the pre, uh, 18 months ago told us, oh, don't do Pinterest. Like those people aren't buying. 
Um, that wasn't true, by the way. <laughs> we were looking at bad data. But um, yeah, so it was like without Pinterest, without Instagram, uh, our Facebook ads were really like we were spending almost nothing. So it just was organic content and our affiliates that was that were driving most of the sales. So our sales just kept increasing. And um, it, it was all because of the organic content we'd created in the years prior, because we weren't, we were creating some, like my team was creating some content, but really not that much, like not that much at all. So it, it's just the power of SEO that continues to compound. Like I like to think of uh, our blog posts and our content that we put out there as like compounding interest, but like yeah. in content form and um, you know, our affiliates just kept, you know, they wanted to make money off of our products. So they kept pushing them and selling them to their audiences. It's such an interesting, just a, a thing to think about how I know we, some of us, m many of us probably dream of the day that you can like take some time off and not have to worry and still make money. And I think a lot of us think that it is so calculated, right? And so planned. But for you, you you know, it doesn't, it didn't sound that way that you were kind of just like, well, let's see what happens. And because you had done so much good work prior, you were able to sort of reap the benefits of the seeds you planted in a way. Yeah. And I wish I could say I enjoyed it, but like literally every day was <laughs> hell. It was just yeah. like, is today going to be the day that I get to, you know, have, be excited about writing a blog post or connecting with someone or yeah. creating some kind of new thing that will help propel the business forward? Because it was like, I felt like if I didn't do that, I was going to get stuck. And I felt like if I tried to do that, I was going to fail and you know, then I would just wouldn't even get started. So that pattern continued for eight months. There is yeah. some good that came out of it. I met my fiance like during that time. Oh, well, hey. Just, yeah. So <laughs> entered the wedding industry in a, in a new realm as a, as a client instead of, um, right. you know, the one who's always writing the contracts for all the clients. <laughs> well, hey, at least you knew what to look for in the contracts, huh? You're yeah. Like, it's, uh, I think I need to write this for you. <laughs> well, I don't think there's, I think maybe there's one contract. So I'm, I'm like already, my wedding's next June. Um, at the time we're recording this, it's like a year away. So I'm already all booked and everything. And I think there's only one vendor that didn't have one of our contracts. It was oh, really I surreal. Love that. <laughs> yeah. You're like, this is very familiar to me. How funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also think it's like, so, and thank you for sharing that story. Cause I think it's really you know, every time I have a guest on the show, and of course, like you are an expert, we hold up our experts to sometimes impossible standards. I think it's important to also talk about the times when you're like, is this going to be the day when I want to work? Because I'll tell you, there were some darker moments in 2020. Specifically, specifically, I felt that way for some reason in July, like July was when it started feeling like really heavy for me, where it yes. felt like, are we ever going to be done with this? Is it ever going to be yes. over? Like, am I ever going to get my my job and my life back? Like what is happening? And I don't think I talked about it at the time because for me, it's like, I want to talk about things when I have some kind of uh, perspective, right? When I'm in it, I don't feel like I have the perspective to say, Hey, this is, this is why I think I'm, you know, this is happening. But now to look back and to say like, one, I think we were all going through something <laughs> like everyone I talked to was like, Oh yeah, that was a thing we were all doing. But also like, just normalizing the fact or, or normalizing building a business where if you do need that mental health bandwidth, you know, you can take it. And so, you know, one of the things I know we're going to talk about is like how to clone yourself by taking your service and making it into products. But I feel like if there was ever anyone listening, who's thinking like, why would I want to do that? I think the why is what we just said, like to give yourself that the potential to take that space and that room for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. It's been so freeing to have 
essentially like an income coming in. Well, not essentially, this is how it works. Like I have an income coming in to support not just my online store, but also me and uh, my team. And then that has supported me as I've like created my coaching business and, and the courses there and teaching people how to do this and having retreats and things like that. Because if I didn't have that income from the digital products coming in my online store, I would have had to save a lot of money to give myself the same kind of space and time yeah. that I'm currently using to build things what I would consider the right way. Not that there's a right or wrong way, but like, you know, there's there's like a better way. <laughs> well, and I think we each like, have our individual standards for what that looks like, right? Like right. What we, yeah. what we personally seek out in the marketplace as well. I, yeah, I guess what I'm saying is it gave me the space to create the the next future that I was imagining and not just like having to like build the plane on the way down, which is what I'm always used to. <laughs> yeah, I think we're, <laughs> yes, that's very common for sure. And just thinking about the, the audience that I know listens to this show, I know we have a lot of female entrepreneurs. I know we have a lot of wedding planners. We have a lot of creatives. How did you sort of take what you offer and break it down into the products. Like I know you have the contracts, but for someone who's not a lawyer, right? For a planner, like yeah. what do you think are some, just some ideas just to get it all like marinating in their heads about like, what are some things that could be good products for someone to sell? Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is where people get really hung up. They're like, oh, but I can't do it because, you know, I'm an XYZ. But at the end of the day, if you provide a service, you are always providing some sort of system, whether it's organized and you have like SOPs, shout out to my wedding planners who like always have this in line. <laughs> um, or if you're a little more creative, like a graphic designer, aka you might be a little more disorganized and your SOPs aren't so tight. Um, either way, like things are getting done. The clients are getting the effort, the, the results of the efforts that you're putting forward on their behalf. And Every time you are taking a step along the client process, that's something that could be turned into a product for that for a customer instead of a client. So for example, like selling your onboarding process or selling a sales call script, maybe you have a very unique way to do that or you have a unique industry that other people would like to break into. And, you know, like in your case, you're kind of ready to continue to move along your career path. So, um, you know, you're okay with like, teaching people and mentoring people underneath you. But if you're in a circumstance where you don't really want to spend all the time and effort it takes to create an online course, because it does take a lot of time and effort to have a really good course, like not just a mini course, but like a, like a really substantial bootcamp type course. Yeah. Um, and you just want to give a little piece of that along the way, just to either create some income or start getting uh, like a little breadcrumb trail going so people can up level into your higher ticket offers or, you know, just allow at scale people to be supporting you through your shop because you have enough people purchasing. So I would look at first what you're doing as far as like your standard operating procedures in your business, even if you don't have a set of formal ones, but what are you doing to create the results for your clients and how can you take that and give it to a customer in a way that they could use your expertise because it's mostly done for them. And so they're just going to have to fill out a little bit more of it that customizes it to them. So think of it like something you would hand off to a virtual assistant to complete for your clients so that you don't have to do all that work yourself. Like that's the perfect point in the process to turn something into a product. Yeah. Because instead of the virtual assistant customizing it for the client, it's going to be the customer of your shop customizing it for themselves. 
And then the second thing I tell people to look out for is the kind of result that they're trying to get for someone. And usually it's to pick something small along that path. So for example, in my online store, the contract shop sells just one little tiny part of getting your business started, which is the client contract or like a privacy policy if you're getting a a blog set up or something. We don't sell like an entire how to get your website launched course. We don't sell how to onboard, you know, the the perfect wedding clients for you. Like we don't sell how to be a high ticket planner. And then like one little part of it is the contract. Like we only sell this one little tiny part of one process in a business, which is the onboarding process. So if you really take it apart and look at the processes, there's, there's lots of opportunities there for you uh, as a, anybody listening as a wedding planner or any other kind of creative to look at the result that you're trying to get for someone and then ask yourself like at what point do I can I like remove myself and they can still get a great result just by customizing it for themselves. Yeah, that's such a powerful thing and you know, we were able to do that in my education brand. We we only have one product. It's um, a proposal template for Canva that I started selling because people started asking me for it. So also look for that in your own business. Like what are people asking you for? In my case, it was my my students saying, like, wait, what do you send? You don't use HoneyBook? I'm like, well, I do, but I don't send the proposal that way. I make it pretty and I just think it helps me stand out. I'm like, well, I want to see it. <laughs> yeah. Cut to a few a, a few years later, we've sold like thousands of them. Um, right. And so it, it can just be, you know, just I always think like as entrepreneurs, we just have to keep our ears open to all these things. When people are asking us something, it means something. And um, the more, you know, you can get clues based on that. I think even for for wedding planners, I know sometimes the the mindset is like, well, I have to sell this to another planner. Like I have to get into education, but not necessarily. You could sell you know, um, a budget spreadsheet or a, an alcohol spreadsheet to a, a person who can't afford a wedding planner, right? A, a more DIY couple, like they could probably invest $20, $30 in a good spreadsheet that came with instructions. And I think that would really be helpful to them because what we're about is help, right? We're about transformation. Yeah. Even a list of vendors mm-hmm. that, you know, like in, a, in an approximated price range, like um, what the vendor, like what their responsibilities are, like those are it's something that's so simple that you take for granted. And, you know, at least for me, at least when I started my shop, I was like, oh, well, who would want to buy a contract template from me when I could, you can just get it for free, like by piecing it together on the internet. And then I actually looked at some of the ones that were pieced together on the internet. I'm like, okay, like maybe there is something here, (laughs) but, um, but yeah, it's like what, you know, I mean, even, even as someone who's been in the wedding industry and like works with wedding planners and now as a bride and on the other side of it, like, that would have been super helpful at the beginning of my process. I ended up hiring a wedding planner, but at the beginning of the process, it would have been really nice to know like what kind of vendors do I need? Because like in my head, sure, I could have come up with a list, but like I would have rather paid $15 to download a list from your site, right. um, you know, just by searching like what what kind of wedding vendors or like what are all the possible wedding vendors I could have? Like I didn't even know. Yeah a lot of the stuff that even exists now, like, yeah. like a photo bus instead of a oh, photo yeah. booth and, you know, donut walls and like all this, right. Like the stuff that you just take for granted probably, but like a lot of people don't know that's a thing. So you could have, you could sell a little black book of local vendors if you want to do it locally, or if you want to do it nationally, of course you could just do like kind of, this is all the pot. These are all the possibilities. And this is like kind of maybe the price ranges that you might be looking at um, for this kind of vendor. So 
I also think there's some power, like you said, in in going local, like how fun would it be and how lucrative could it be if whatever, wherever you're, you're, you live, like, so you're in Columbus, Ohio, right? If you created a PDF guide, that's like what weddings really cost in Columbus, Ohio. And I would break it down into like, this is a high end wedding. These, this is a, like a premium wedding. And just really said like, this is what you should expect to spend and sell it for $10. Like, I feel like I would have bought that. Yeah. Like I, I love, um, like I wish there was, maybe this exists, but you, if you're listening, you need to have better SEO because I haven't found it yet. But like the property brothers, they'll take you to a house that's like way more expensive (laughs) than you can afford. Yeah. Like, I want to see what that wedding looks like. Like, I want to see a picture of it and like, you know, maybe some close-ups of the florals and the food and, you know, like what this costs. And that, that way I know, like when I'm looking on Pinterest, that this wedding is like totally outside of my budget or whether that's like actually doable. Um, yes. Yeah. Like the florals and stuff. I, I like being in the industry, I was like, oh, this is what I think they're going to cost. And then the quote actually came in for like almost four grand less than I thought. So I was like, whew, but <laughs> it would have been really helpful to have somebody that had showed me like pictures of like, this is what a $200 bouquet looks like. This is what a $600 bouquet looks like, et cetera. Yes. Florists, are you listening? Wedding planners, are you listening? <laughs> right? Like, especially if a wedding planner in a local market wants to get together with like their favorite florist, their favorite band and say like, this is what an average wedding, you know, this is what those things look like. I mean, when we say something's like, sell it for $9, sell it for $10, you're probably thinking, well, what good is that going to do? But you'll be surprised over time how it all adds up and how it really can, you know, it can replace a certain percentage of your income so that you don't have to take the weddings you don't want to do anymore, or you don't have to work every weekend if you don't want to. For sure. And I, I don't know if you follow um, like Think Splendid or anything, but yes. So she does a lot of breakdowns of millennial culture in mm-hmm. weddings and and um, marriages and things like that. Well, weddings really not marriages, but anyway. So Lynn will she's like talked a lot about how millennials are. She has her different wed types, but like one of them is a researcher, and people are going. I I always say that your shop tab is your new blog tab. Like people aren't sitting there reading your blogs for hours on end. You know bookmarking your page and coming back to it, but they are going to go through your shop. And if something catches their eye and it's the right price point for the right person, right? So B2B is going to be a little bit higher price B2C, which is like the brides that you're working with. That's going to be a little lower price. If they're going to go through and see that you have a $10 PDF that they can download, that is like what the, you know, florals look like in Columbus, Ohio, um, you know, per month, like what, what's available and how much does it cost per month? Uh, something like that, then they're going to download that. They're going to research it and they're going to use that to inform their decision as to whether they want to work with you and hire you as well. So it can kind of go both ways where it bolsters your income as a service provider, or you can use it to leapfrog someone into your services and get them on a sales call with you to take that next step um, because they're going to see maybe, oh, this is a lot of work. Maybe I don't want to (laughs) DIY this. Maybe I do want to hire this person who has already given me so much value. Yeah, a hundred percent. And you could, of course, now my brain's like, and then you can have an email sequence after they buy it that, yeah, but that's a different, that's a different episode. Um, for those <laughs> of you who are, are thinking that, um, that Lynn and Think Splendid uh, is a familiar name to you, it's because Lynn was on episode 36, where we talked about pricing strategies. So go give that a listen once you're done here with us, because it was a really great episode. Lynn is one of the smartest people I've ever met. Yeah. I think that's accurate. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. Um, Let's talk about, so let's say those people who are listening, 
some of some people are interested in getting started, but maybe the, there are some listening who already have an online shop. What are some mistakes you see people making with their online shops? Oof, good question. The first <laughs> is the cart is inaccessible. So if someone's not making sales, the first thing I check is the function of the site because it's usually a function problem. Um, I would say, and this is especially with Show It. I love Show It. My coaching platform is on Show It, but like. When it comes to cart checkouts and show it, there's just a lot that can go wrong. So I would always be looking from a customer's perspective, like on a cleared, you know, no, no cookie, no cash browser so that you don't have any history there. Is someone able to add things to the cart? Are they able to add things to the cart? And then are they able to make a purchase and check out? Or is there at, at some point during this process, is it getting hindered by something, whether the page won't load or the cart won't? pop up. Like one I see a lot is when you add it to the cart, like it takes you to the cart. But then if you click back and keep shopping, now you have to add a second thing to the cart to go back because there is no cart icon. That's like the most common thing I see. And it sounds so basic, but I think we spend so much time looking at our own sites that we get like blind to them a little. Well, yeah. And if you have an old version, you might be cookied with the old version. So you're still seeing things before the changes were made. So it's, it is important to just kind of do that every once in a while. Um, hopefully your customers will also let you know when something's not working. I, I really like Shopify because it's, it's like impossible to break it. So if you do ever get to the point where you're having a higher volume of shop sales, it's a good idea to start looking at that. Um, Squarespace is a great alternative as well, because again, it's just it, almost impossible to break Squarespace and they always have these icons at the top of the pages, et cetera. Uh, the next thing I would say is Beyond the function, so everything's working just great. We always want to look at the holy triangle of shops, which is we're always looking at traffic, conversions, and then at the top of the at the top of the triangle would be average order value. And so when I was building my shop, and even to this day, like we're just going around this triangle endlessly. So we're always looking and seeing like how can we improve traffic? Okay, traffic's up. Now our conversions need to get a little bit higher. How do we get that percentage up? Okay, conversions are up. How do we make people who are like all this new traffic who's also converting, how do we also add to the amount of money that they're spending in our store? So we've taken our average order value, just as an example, we've taken it from somewhere around $230 to close to $400 at this point. So That's amazing. Yeah, so if you just keep going around this circle, it's like something's going, you're going to see these little tiny increases and then it, again, it's like this compound interest thing. Like it just, it picks up speed over time. So don't discount that simple strategy, but also, um, you know, if, if you're only getting like a hundred people on your site a month, sounds like a traffic problem. If you're getting a thousand people and nobody's buying, it sounds like a conversion problem. If you're getting a thousand people and 3% of people are buying, but they're only spending $10 and that's not enough to support your lifestyle or, you know, to have a shop supporting your whatever, like extra hires or whatever, then you need to increase that average order value somehow. So just keep going around that triangle and that's going to solve most of your problems with your store. I love it. What about marketing strategies and automation? Like how often, I know you said like the things that you kind of took down off of the workflow, but like how much of the marketing is automated at this point? It's a good question. So what we are doing currently that's that we've been doing for about a year, it's uh, it's been working really well, is I will record four YouTube videos and that gets turned into all different kinds of content, including a weekly newsletter that gets pushed out in the various channels to our audience. And so we, we always have weekly content. So it's just one piece of content that we redistribute across all the platforms in many, many different ways. 
Uh, so we're, we're really using that to the maximum extent possible so that I don't have to create a ton of content every week or every day. And then on top of that, we're adding some paid ads and things like that, or, you know, our affiliates can send traffic to our site, like a blog post using their affiliate link if they find something helpful and then the person gets cookied and then they're making a purchase uh, from our research. We know that's happening within a month. So their, their cookie way outlasts the purchase. And that's how we're seeing a lot of sales. Um, so from an automation perspective, I would say that it's like a hybrid almost, which mm-hmm. I, that's like such a hot word right now. But <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so it's it's like we're batching the content and then automating the delivery and um, upkeep of it, or we're having a higher like a virtual assistant, which isn't quite an automation, but like it's like her only job is like to post these things. So right. it it is kind of an automation there. So that that's working really well for us right now. But then the other thing that I work on my with my clients on is like if you know that people buy from you within a 30 day period, like, let's just say that that's when most people buy from you, then why do you need a six month welcome sequence? (laughs) So, yep. (laughs) Say it louder for the people in the back. Yeah. Yeah. So after you've created this con, I do think it is important to create content, especially because honestly, Renee, like most of our content just answers FAQs and it's a lot more professional to be able to send someone a video that's like professionally filmed and edited, send it to them and just say like, Hey, this video actually answers your question. If you still have follow-up questions, let us know. Um, and then that gets them watching our YouTube and subscribe. Right. So like that whole thing is going, but we can look back at what emails did really well for us and we can pull those out and we can create what looks like a weekly email newsletter from that. So it's, it's sending every week and they think they're getting a weekly newsletter from us, but really we're just nurturing them for the time that statistically we know, 90% 90% or so of, of people on our list are going to buy within that time frame. And then, you know, we have the weekly content now because I'm a big believer, like I said before, in like this long-term SEO poll. But yeah, yeah, that that's what I would um, look to is like, could you just create like a five-week, six-week welcome sequence that looks like a weekly newsletter? Like you don't have to make every email like, hello and welcome back. Like it's just like... <laughs> Yeah. Just own it. It's like today we're talking about this or like, wow, this week, this crazy thing happened to me. And it's like, okay, well, like that actually happened two years ago, but who cares? Like just send the email. (laughs) No, I love that. I'm, I've been on the, I've been on the receiving end of some of those six month long nurture sequences. And I'm like, oh my God, I know who you are already. Like we're good. (laughs) We're good guys. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of uh, much faster nurture sequences. I want to talk to you about products on tap. So tell us about because we're talking about digital products, but you actually have a course to teach people how to do digital. It's like very meta. How to do digital I know. Products. So how did that come about? Yeah. So you always have to look at the result and what someone is going to get the fastest result from. So for example, if when I was first starting my shop, I also considered doing a contracts 101 workshop and that was going to be a two day workshop in Atlanta where I was living at the time. And um, you know, it was going to be probably really boring and I was going to teach a lot of stuff. And like by the end of the the workshop, my goal was for them to have a contract template customized to them that they could walk away with. And to no one's surprise that's listening, only one person signed up. <laughs> I was so excited <laughs> about this thing. So I ended up giving her a refund like within that week because it just was clear this was not this was not growing legs. Like this was not going to happen. So when I look back at that, it was because People just wanted the result and they could not get the same result that 
I had available to me as someone who was an intellectual property, licensing agreements, attorney, law school, contracts, classes, et cetera, et cetera. All those years of knowledge, I could not possibly teach that in a workshop, but I could give it to them in a template. And so that that's like that was the right result to get them what they were looking for, which is I just want something I can send to my client in the next 10 minutes. Right. However, if you're looking to build an online store, as you can see from what we've been talking about, there's a lot of different little nuanced things to, to consider, especially as you're building your product, because the most important thing that you get right about your online store is a product that sells. So like you notice with your proposal template, if that was like just so-so, people wouldn't talk about it. They wouldn't share it. They wouldn't ask you about it. You wouldn't have anything to send to them because right. nobody would care about it. And I think that's where a lot of people get stuck is they they stop looking at what results people actually want. And instead they're looking at like the container. So they're like, oh, I want to create a workbook. What can I fill that workbook with? That's the right. Yes. It's the wrong <laughs> so way true. to go because a workbook, a workbook might not be the best fit. It might be, you know, a script that's the best fit. It might be a template. It might be, you know, anything, something, something else that's a better fit there. So always look at the results. And, and that's what I focus a lot in products on tap. Um, I'm always looking at what result do you want to get for someone and how can you get it to them as quickly as possible? So that might be a course. Like it might be something where you need to teach all that nuance and show them the back end and show them how to set something up or, it might just be something that they can download, put their details into and walk away with a finished product that, you know, no one is any wiser for the wear that it's not them who wrote it from the get-go. Exactly. Love it. So with products on tap, is it, is it like self, like people who can take it anytime, like self-guided or yeah. is it like released every week? Products on tap is purely evergreen. Um, it. So it's completely DIY. It's, you know, you, you have access to all the, the training and teaching materials, and that just gets you started. Then we have our next level, which is the simple sustained shop sales system. So S4, it's a mouthful, um, but S4 is just there to help you to scale your shop. So we get you started with products on tap, and then we help you scale it through S4. Oh, that's amazing. So it's not just like, here, make some products, buy. Like you actually have, you have a next level, which I always appreciate. Yeah, a lot of people just want to get their shops started. It's a great yeah. pull for SEO because you can list your products on Pinterest and um, you can list them or Google will naturally pull those Pinterest listings as products instead of uh, just regular like blog posts or text or something. So the images will show up in the, the Google searches. So it really is a nice way for people to get in front of a bigger organic audience by starting a shop. But then also, you know, a lot of people want to take it the next level. And if I'm being totally honest, Renee, like they're, they're separate because a lot of people have good intentions to get through it and then they don't always finish. So, you know, we, oh, we want to make course. sure that we're there to serve the people that are ready to keep going. And then if they're not, like they're not locked into this crazy long, you know, yeah, something or other that they're not using. No, that makes total sense. And I love that. I love that you're serving on both levels. Christina, this is such Oh, this is like, I feel like we could talk about this forever, but I'm glad that we were able to give people the, like the beginning pieces of it and hopefully encourage those listening to like, just marinate and dream a little bigger and think like what might be possible for them in the, in the world of like digital products, because, and I know I've been talking about this for like a year now, because, and obviously it was pandemic, <laughs> it, it was pandemic fueled, but it's something that I'm so passionate about is that, you know, the reason I was able to survive the pandemic is because my business is so diversified. and 
And I think as wedding pros um, specifically, and I know that, you know, just because this is the world I'm in, but, you know, we spend a lot of time with this tunnel vision of like, well, it's just weddings. It's just weddings. So much so that like, you know, I've, I was also a wedding planner who said it's just weddings. It's not social events. It's not corporate events. It's like, guys, it's 2021. We have to figure out how to keep going and maintain and, and also not burn out. And I think something like a digital product, which might seem, you know, simple and small at first, it can really become like the saving grace of your business. And so that's one of the many reasons I wanted to have you on just to sort of see what's, allow people to see what's possible for themselves. Yeah, for sure. If you have a thousand people coming to your site every day, let's just say 10 people buy a $30 product. That's an extra $300 every day. Yep. So just let that marinate for a second and let that sink in. Like how, how would that change your life? If someone just handed you a $300 check every morning? Right. And I will say like all that, all the stuff you read about online marketing, where it's like, make money in your sleep, like that happens on the regular to me. And it's, it's mostly because of the one digital product. It's mostly because of the templates. Like nice. I'll wake up and be like, oh, we sold some templates overnight. Mm -hmm. And it, and it also feels great because it's a way to help people um, that doesn't require my active participation. You know, like they download the template, there's a video explaining how to use it. Every so often we'll get an email about it, but mostly no, people get it. They figure, they understand how to use it and, and it's successful. So, you know, it doesn't have to be in your, like for the limiting belief people out there who are like, well, what's that one thing going to do? Uh, I know that that one template that I sell has made people thousands and thousands of dollars because they tell me and it's great. It feels very, so fun to help people in that way. That's amazing. Yeah. That's Christina, so awesome. You're amazing. Where can people find you out on the, the World Wide web as it were? Yeah. So my name's Christina Scalera and that's my URL, my Instagram, my Facebook, everything. So <laughs> YouTube, um, I keep forgetting about that, but that's a, a that's where our best content lives right now is on YouTube. Um, so if you want to just halfway Google my name correctly, uh, you'll will find me. It's a weird last name, but you'll, you'll get there. <laughs> well, we'll link to everything in the show notes, especially the YouTube because power of video man cannot be understated for sure. Um, so go check out Christina everywhere she is. And uh, again, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Renee.